0: Good morning. I'm glad you're here today. Hope you had a wonderful, hot week, just like the rest of us. It has been very, uh, very difficult. Oh, I need to... Y'all hear that? You amber Alerts. Amber Alert, okay, that is uh, very appropriate for the lesson today. We're going to talk about technology and the Christian... I uh, was asked recently, I got a phone call, I was going to preach somewhere, and they said, would you preach on technology? And I said, hmm, what do you say? I mean, you would think technology is such a part of our lives, right? I mean, we have, I've got a phone right here, we just heard phones going off. You came in a car today, right? Nobody rode their buggy and... By their horses this morning, we didn't have to walk to get to church. You you are wearing clothes made out of mixed materials, on uh, polyester and cotton and different things like that. You, a lot of you have glasses on or contacts to help you see. We've got clocks. You're looking at some technology here, right? Technology is such a part of our lives. Why don't I have a sermon on that? Why have I never thought to preach on that before? And so I want to talk about technology. Technology, uh, my probably first real introduction to thinking about technology was years ago when a young man moved to the Dallas area. And he lived with me for a while when he first moved down here. And he was just a country boy from a little town in the middle of nowhere. But he was going to DeVry Institute of Technology And we started talking about technology. His name's Dusty Knighty. Many of you know Dusty, right? We know and love Dusty. Okay? Dusty started telling me, man, we got so many things. Technology has all these answers that it's going to bring to humanity. And, I mean, we're going to be able to just order. He was the very first one I ever talked to over the Internet when the Internet first started. He said, oh, I can hook us up and we can do an electronic bulletin board and we can type to each other over the Internet. And I'm going, wow, this is just amazing. I mean, all the things that technology is going to bring and the solutions to the problems that it's going to bring. Kind of like something that Solomon said years ago. Solomon said, whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure. And technology held that promise. I don't know if you're a Star Trek fan, but they had a little deal in Star Trek where the captain could walk into his quarters and he could walk up to this little thing in the, in the wall and say, computer, give me uh, whatever it was he wanted. And it would replicate it. It would create it. It would make it right there. Now, when we talk about technology, what do we mean? What is Technology. Well, actually, the word technology comes from two Greek words, meaning the study of craft, okay? And it's the idea is it's the study of crafts or inventions, okay? So when somebody crafts something or invents something, discovers something, technology is taking that and putting it to practical use, okay? For instance, a wheel, is a wheel a good invention? Y'all think a wheel is a good, useful invention? It's awesome. It's especially awesome when they put it on a suitcase. <laughs> right? Well, I could, who thought of that? That's When I was young, we had the old suitcases you picked up and carried, no matter how much they weighed. Now there's wheels on them. Everybody rolls their suitcases through the airport. Okay? Technology is the practical application of discoveries or inventions to the world we live in. Electricity. We've got lights. We've got heat. We can cook food. I mean, electricity, the things that electricity has brought to us And our world, now they could cook food before they had electricity, right? But man, it's sure convenient now to stick it in the microwave and push a button and boom, there it is in 30 seconds or whatever. Technology provides so many things we've got. We've got wheels, we've got airplanes, we've got cell phones, and I brought this up here. I asked Carrie. I said, hand me my phone. She said, you want to take that up there with you? (laughs) Yep, because I'm going to use this as an example. When I talk about technology, I'm not just talking about a cell phone. Everything in our lives is touched by technology and the things. We've got lots of different areas of technology. There's manufacturing technology. You know, Eli Whitney developed his cotton gin way back a couple of hundred years ago or maybe close to 300 years ago now. That was this huge, amazing advance. Now, we've got all kinds of things from microchips to 3D printers that can just... Almost replicate like the replicator in Star Trek. We've got communication technology. That's this thing right here. That's a way we can communicate. Now, I can take this with me to Nigeria. I do. And I can stand in the middle of a jungle and video call my wife and see her and talk to her. You know, Jordan and David live in Alaska. We weren't real happy when Jordan and David went to Alaska. But we can talk to them and video chat them every day. We've still got Amber Alerts going. Amber Alerts is another example of that. Isn't it an incredible blessing that if a child disappears, they can push a few buttons and alert all of us and you've got thousands of people on the alert to know that a child has disappeared? I and mean, that's a wonderful, wonderful blessing. Communication with Facebook and Instagram and texting and calling and Snapchatting and WhatsApping and meeting and all. I can do all of that from this right here that I carry in my pocket. Communication is, is, has changed dramatically in our world. Medical technology. Has your life been saved by medicine? Some of you have. Some of you sitting here today. Can you hear? Well, Jerry's got him some hearing aids that help him hear. Isn't that a wonderful technology? The medical technology that that prolongs our lives. Doctor gives me a little pill uh, called a statin, and my cholesterol wasn't exactly good. So he said, "You need to take this." I started taking it. He said, "Come back in a few weeks or a couple of months, and we're going to test you again." And he says, "Your cholesterol is ideal." <laughs> It's perfect, because I take this little pill. Isn't that wonderful? We've got more than that. We've got defense technology. Do you enjoy the freedom to be able to come here today without being persecuted for being a Christian? Defense. We've got drones, and we've got all, from, all everything from the highest technology like that, and the Patriot missiles and all that stuff, nuclear warheads, all the way down to the gun that you have in your house to protect you. We've got defense technology that we all use. We've got power technology. We've got solar power and nuclear power, and we've got uh, wind power, and it's the power that provides all the things that we use and do every day is amazing. We got AI technology coming on, artificial intelligence. I love to take pictures. Carrie and I have been blessed to travel all over the world and we get to go places. And I can go to a place in Mexico like Chichen Itza we got to go to a couple of years ago. And I take pictures while I'm there. You know the truth is, there's like 30,000 people at Chichen Itza when you go there. All these tourists, right? I can open my Photoshop program and I can put that picture in there and I can draw circles around all of those people I don't want in that picture and push a button and poof, looks like Carrie and I are the only ones at Chichen Itza. Artificial intelligence. It can figure out what ought to be there instead of what is there and can create a reality that doesn't even really exist. We've got information technology. That's things like the grand Google and Bing and DuckDuckGo where you can get information. Any of you know who Millard Fillmore was? Any of you know? I've got a couple of, you know what president, he was a president. Do you know what president number he was? Uh, Number 13. You know how I know that? I Googled it before I came to church. You want to know about anything. You want to know how to make those special frappuccinos that Starbucks makes. You can get the recipe on here and figure out how to make it at home. You want to know anything. You want to know how many record... How many songs the nitty-gritty dirt band recorded? You can find that out. I mean, anything you want to know information-wise. And it's not all just here. It's computers and other things. We've also got transportation technology. And in my mind, this would probably shock our founding fathers as much as anything. The fact that in 24 hours, I can, from my house, be almost anywhere in the world in 24 hours. It's crazy. It's amazing the the transportation and the speed at which we can go places. And, and you know, Jacob when he had his crash, they used care flight, helicopter, to get him from that crash to the hospital to save his life. Transportation technology is amazing. We've got so many things. So my question to you is, is all this good or is it all bad? is there bad i've talked about a lot of the benefits to it is is there bad with technology i was uh, years ago i substitute taught in my daughter's class they were i think fifth graders and they've been talking about the ecology section of their book and learning about how we're polluting the world and going to cause global climate change and all of this stuff and so we were talking about that and i said let me ask you all a question i said are cars good or are they bad Everyone, oh, cars are awful! Cars are horrible! Cars are ruining the world! Cars are. I said, okay. So, if cars are bad, and you have an accident at your house and you need to get somebody to the hospital, how are you going to do that? Well, are cars good or are cars bad? Well, the truth of the matter is that cars are not just good or bad there's good and bad to any kind of technology. You see? And I think of it, when I went to preach on this, my first thought was, are there any stories in the Bible about technology? I mean, there's not anything about electricity, so is there anything about technology? And I found one story about this guy named Uzzah. Do you all remember the story of Uzzah? God had told the people, I want you to move the Ark of the Covenant which was that holy golden box that had the, uh, the Bible in it, the Old Testament, the writings of Moses, and it had Aaron's rod that budded and a bowl of manna. And he said, the way you move it, it's a big golden box that had rings on the corners. He said, you slide these poles through it and you get guys down on each end and they pick it up and they carry it. And that's the way I want you to move it. Don't touch it. But these were modern times and they had ox carts now. And so they went to move it. They said, well, let's just put it on an ox cart. Now, that sounds like a good idea to me because many of you know Carrie and I have put our house up for sale. We hope to sell the house and move over here closer to Denton, okay? When we do that, I promise you, I want to put stuff and roll it. I don't want to carry everything. It's a great idea to have an ox cart if you don't have an ox cart, right? No doubt that thing was heavy. It was golden, They put it on the ox cart and they started to move it and the ox cart stumbled and Uzzah touched it and God struck him dead because God said don't strike it. Now that's an example of them using new technology. I don't think technology is the point of that story but I began to think about technology and what for us as Christians technology is and I ran across this passage Paul said, I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. Now I want you to think about that. What does that mean? Now he's talking here about meat that had been offered to idols. But the principle applies, okay? What, is there anything that's inherently unclean? Is there any kind of metal that's inherently wrong for a Christian to own or have anything to do with? Is there any kind of anything that's inherently evil? Paul says no. Things are just things. You know the old guns don't kill people, people kill people? You've heard that, right? Is a gun inherently evil? No, it's not inherently evil. I mean, a gun, if you just leave it in the closet... With no bullets in it, it's just going to lay there and be a piece of metal and eventually rust. And, I mean, there's nothing inherently evil about a gun, but it can certainly be used for evil, can't it? And Paul's argument here is that things aren't inherently good or bad. Now let's apply that to technology. Are things inherently good or bad in technology? no. It's not inherently bad to be able to pick up your phone and communicate with people, but it can be used for bad. In fact, the truth is, all this technology, in the Bible, we've got an example of Jesus writing. Okay, the Bible tells us when they brought the woman caught in adultery to him that Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, right? Right? Now, we know that Jesus was literate. We know he stood up and he read the book of the law in the synagogue to the people. He read that and talked to them. We also know that he wrote here on the ground with his finger, right? That's all we know about him writing. We don't know of Jesus ever writing a letter to anyone. We don't know of him ever writing notes. Now, he was a carpenter, so maybe he made notes for himself about what he was going to do or what he was going to Uh, you know, how long to cut a board or something. I don't know. But the only example biblically of Jesus writing is in the dirt. So, does it follow that it's sinful for us to write in any way other than in the dirt? You think it's wrong to write some other way? Well, no, because we know that Paul, for instance, wrote... uh, In a letter he wrote a greeting to first Corinthians or to the church in Corinth. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. We know other people did writing and it was okay. Writing is a technology. When I was young, when I first came to this church, you know what we had? We had chalkboards. Blackboards. And the preacher who was telling people stuff would write on chalkboard. And I always had now I've got one of these in my hand, but I always had a piece of chalk in my hand. Carrie called that my uh, security blanket that I'd always have when I preached. But you know, I can't remember the last time I went to a church that had a chalkboard. We moved from that to marker boards. Most churches had marker boards. They had whiteboards, And you could write up here and give people information. Is there anything wrong with marker boards? No, not at all. We moved from that to overhead projectors. Do you all remember those? We had one of those at this church. It's back here. It used to be back here in this room for years. It's not there anymore, no. But it was there for years. We used it a little bit here. Overhead projectors, it was a better way. Now what do we got? We got these PowerPoint slides that I'm putting up in front of you right now. Is there any difference in any of these things, really? There's really no difference. Technology is just giving us maybe a a more convenient way or a more modern way to do the same thing. Because what are all of these doing? They're just conveying information from the preacher to the people who are listening or who are reading or who are seeing. So we go back to this. Solomon said this. What has been is what will be done. That's a hard sentence for me to read. What has been is what will be done. And what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. So all these things that Dusty and I would get excited talking, oh, it's going to be new. It's not really new. It's just a little different way to do the same thing that's been done forever. Medical technology, there was was medicine for generations. Defense technology, weapons. You know, having a nuclear bomb is just a more efficient way to do what Cain did to Abel. Right? Just a more efficient way to do that. It's nothing genuinely new. So all this technology in our world isn't really new. It isn't really different. And it isn't unclean in itself. So we know that everything can be used for good and for evil. I want to talk briefly about the different ways we use technology. Let's talk first about evil. What are some bad things about technology? What are dangers of technology? Well, one, seemingly unrestricted anonymous access to evil. When I was a kid, growing up in Lindsay, Oklahoma, if I wanted to look at a dirty magazine, The only There's only one store in town that sold them. And the only way I could get access to that is I would have had to gone down to that store and talk to Eddie Morrow's mom who was standing behind the counter and say, I want that dirty magazine back there. And she'd go, Michael McCorkle, you get out of this place. And she'd have picked up the phone and called my dad. Not that way anymore. You can look at anything on this. Anything. Anything. Total unrestricted access to bed. I'm going to say a few things to parents about technology as we go. Parents, when you give your kid a cell phone... And listen, I'm not anti-cell phone. I carry one all the time. I use one all the time. I'm not against cell phones, and all of the kids are going to have them. That's just the way it's going to be. But when you give it to your kids, you are giving access to your children to the very worst humans on the face of the earth, and they'll have direct access to your kids through the phone or through the computer. You need to be aware of that as parents. And one thing that's really dangerous is it seems to be anonymous. It seems that you can go and do whatever you want to do, go on the dark web and all of that, and no one's ever going to know. And when we're emboldened to think we can do things that aren't righteous, that are ungodly and evil, and I'm not talking about just pornography. You can gamble on this thing. You can gamble away everything you've got, On your cell phone. There's all kinds of bad things you have access to. Paul said, I would have you wise concerning good and simple concerning evil. You don't need to go investigate the dark web so you can just know about it. Just stay away from it. You don't need access to that kind of stuff. Number two, shortcuts that destroy understanding. Did you know if you want to write a sermon on the Holy Spirit... That you can go to Chat GPT and say, write me a sermon on the Holy Spirit, and boom, it'll give you a sermon on the Holy Spirit. And you can get up here and you can just read through that, and people go, wow, he studied the Holy Spirit. All You don't learn, don't learn a thing. In fact, when I was putting this sermon together, I said, hmm. And I went to ChatGPT and said, write a sermon on technology. <laughs> and it did. I didn't use it because I didn't think it was a very good sermon on technology, but here's the thing. With technology, with ease, you don't have to learn stuff. When you've got the Bible right here on your phone all the time, there's value to having the Bible with you all the time. You don't have to learn where anything is. You don't have to even really learn what it says. If you can just remember one word, you can Google it and you can find it and go, yeah, here's, here's a verse that says this. And you don't have to take the time to think about it and to meditate on it and to figure it out. It's just shortcuts. And the technology shortcuts at times can be valuable, but they don't help you learn. Study to show yourself approved unto God. And that word study means be diligent. Work hard to show yourself approved to God, to learn His Word, to be able to rightly apply it. Another thing that's a danger is distractions from what's important. You see the picture there? That the little boy, and he is eating, and Dad's sitting there eating and and uh, looking at his phone at the same time. That ever happen to you? Ever get distracted from stuff that's important? Maybe it's not while you're eating. Maybe it's while you're driving and you're texting or you're watching the Rangers game while you drive or you're doing something like that, huh? Distracting yourself from something that's important with technology. Technology can be very devastating. The Bible says, see then that you walk circumspectly. Circumspectly means pay attention to what's going on around you. Give attention to the things that need attention. Technology is a great distractor. Have you ever sat down with your phone and said, I'm just going to check something right quick? And the next thing you know, it's an hour later? And you've just been scrolling, looking at stuff? Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me. Many times it can. And there are times I'll pick up my phone because I go, Oh, I need to text Matt about something. And I'll pick up my phone and I'll see some notifications. And an hour later, I put down my phone and I never texted Matt. And I forgot all about it because of the distraction that can happen. Next is addiction. Addiction to technology is a real thing. It's a real problem to people. Here it says 45% of people say that their phone is the possession that they value the most in this world. Can you imagine that? the thing they value the most. The Bible says all things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Paul says you shouldn't be under the control of anything. You shouldn't be under the control of alcohol. You shouldn't be under the control of gambling. You shouldn't be under the control of anything, including your technology. And it's a time waster. It can be a huge time waster. I want to show you something. That right there is the folder on my computer of pictures that I've taken. And I want you to look right there. 221,039. That's a bunch of pictures. If I were to look at those pictures, look through all of them, just one second per picture... Eight hours a day taking no breaks. It would take almost eight days to just look at every picture one second. Can you waste time with stuff like that? Oh my goodness, you can waste time. And anything you're interested in. You like racing cars? On YouTube, there are a billion car racing videos. Yeah, you know, I don't like racing cars, but I like, I like funny videos scaring people. There's a billion scare videos on YouTube. Like woodworking, I enjoy woodworking. You can watch a billion woodworking videos. You like fishing? It doesn't matter what it is you like, you can watch a billion of them and it can eat up all of your time. In fact... The Bible says that we're to redeem the time because the days are evil. We need to use our time wisely. This says the average person spends 4.7 hours a day on their cell phone. Now granted, that's averaging people who spend one minute and people who spend 10 hours. I don't know where you fall into that, but that's an average of almost five hours a day using cell phone. And that doesn't count the two and a half hours a day that the average person spends watching television watching Netflix okay so there's a lot of evil let's talk some about the good now what are good things about technology well one you have access to excellent Bible instruction all day every day excellent Bible teaching you can find you can find the, the sermons that are preached in this church online and it doesn't matter where in the world you live you can go online and you can listen to this I went to hold a meeting one time and I was there early and I was back in the days of blackboards. I was writing, writing my sermon outline up on the board and someone got there who was a visitor from a different congregation and he came in and it was just he and I there. He said, what are you preaching on tonight? And I said, oh, I'm going to preach this sermon. And he goes, oh, I love that sermon. To my knowledge, you've never been anywhere that I preached it. And he goes, oh, I love that sermon. I said, Really? He said, yeah. He said, I'm going to tell you, when my marriage fell apart, I was looking. He said, I was low. I was bad. And I was looking for hope. And I got online, and the church at Norman has a website, and they had sermons on there. And I found this sermon. And he said, this got me through that darkest day, and it's probably the reason I'm still a Christian today. Wow, I had no idea. No idea. You can have access to wonderful good. There's podcasts put out by Christians, members of the church, good ones. A lot of churches have sermons posted online. You don't have to listen to sports talk radio all the time, you don't have to listen to garbage all the time. You can listen to stuff that will instruct you and teach you God's Word. Oh, I had I didn't put that up there for you, did I? All this talking, okay? Set your mind on things above. You have access to spread the gospel worldwide. We can talk to people. I got an email from some folks, a lady that lives in Jordan, and she said there are no churches anywhere around. She married a Jordanian man, and they had a couple of kids. He said, we're going back to Jordan. And she, he took her and the family to Jordan. No churches anywhere. What do you do? Well, she sent me an email saying, thank you for your website because my daughter and I log on and we look at sermons and we'll, we'll study a sermon and then have communion on Sunday and that's our church. We have access to be able to teach the gospel to people all around the world. You can use previously wasted time time in a wise way, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You ever sit in a doctor's office and just wait and wait? What would you do that time? Well, nowadays you can use it for something productive. You can reach out to a friend and encourage someone. You can study some of God's Word. You can listen to a podcast or something that will guide you spiritually. You can use it for good. And finally, you can maintain relationships over distance. With Facebook, I'm not the world's biggest Facebook fan, but you know we use Facebook to broadcast these sermons. Facebook can be used to maintain friendships. I got back in touch with a guy I went to college with who's a good Christian guy that I lost touch with for 25 years through Facebook. You know what you can do with that? You can maintain relationships. Every week I talk to guys in Nigeria on my WhatsApp. They send me, in fact, just yesterday or late last night, early this morning, I got some messages from them, videos of some of the church services they're in. And I'll send them videos back of church services that we have. We maintain these relationships. You do that because it's important to love your neighbor as yourself and build those relationships. Okay, so as we close, I want to make some practical suggestions to you about technology. Number one, Establish some healthy boundaries for you. Don't use your phone in church to do anything but follow and take notes. You follow the sermon and take notes. Don't use your phone to check the scores of the ball game while you're at church. Set some boundaries for yourself. Don't waste your time binge-watching TV shows. There's much more valuable things to do with your life than to binge watch a whole bunch of TV shows. Set some places and times that you have boundaries and you don't use your phone. The phone just doesn't go with me there. The phone just isn't a part of that part of my life. Or the TV just doesn't come on on these days. Or, you know, one of the rules we set in our home, and you don't necessarily need a rule like this, but it was good for us when we, our kids were growing up, no TV on Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings we don't watch the news, we don't watch garbage, we don't watch junk, we don't, we don't watch anything on TV on Sunday mornings. We just listen to Christian music on Sunday mornings to prepare our minds to come worship the Lord. Now that's an example of a type of boundary you might want to set in your life. Number two... Make it a tool for spiritual development. You can use technology to help you grow spiritually. You can use technology. You can have the verse of the day that always pops up on your phone. You can there, Now, I, I don't know anything about this particular app. I know people who use it. I'm not promoting any of these particular apps. Now, say Echo Prayer app is about reminding you all day long to pray, to talk to God. There's an app you can use that will help you remember to do that. You can set reminders on your phone that will remind you, hey, are you being nice to your wife today? (laughs) That's a good, useful kind of thing that you can set. And you can use prioritize spiritual well-being. Okay? You can, we've already talked about this, you can look at sermons online, you can play gospel music, you can carry your Bible with you all the time on your phone. Use intentional, make intentional efforts to prioritize spiritual well-being in your life and use your technology for that instead of using it for evil. Create intentional technology break times. Okay? Maybe when you sit down to have a meal together, you just don't carry your phones to the table. You just turn them off and leave. Technology break times. We're going to take a break from this. When you go to take a walk, husband and wife, Kent and Christy, when y'all go walking down the road and holding hands, you don't need your phone with you all the time. You don't need technology constantly. Bible study. Set a time aside for studying God's Word. Have breaks built in to your life and set up automatic accountability. This is the final suggestion here. Let your spouse... Make sure your spouse knows the password to all of your electronic devices. They can look at it anytime, anywhere. Let your spouse track your location on your phone. You don't need to be going places they don't know about. You don't need to be hiding that. Make your life an open book so that there's not the temptation to try to hide things. Covenant Eyes, that's an app that we use on our phones and all of our computers, and what it does is it just takes snapshots all day long of everything that's on the screen, and it analyzes those to see whether there's something that's not a good thing to be on your screen, okay? And then you have people set up to be your accountability. I set this up with me and Jacob, and Jacob has recruited a whole bunch of his friends that are all on the same deal, and we all see everything that goes on on everyone's computers and everyone's phones. And it's a deterrent to using it in a way that's not righteous and not godly. And finally, you can set time limits on your phone. That's one thing Jacob has done is he set time limits on different apps so that he can't look at Instagram for more than 15 minutes a day and it turns it off. That's a great, great thing. Set up some accountability in your life that's automatic, that you don't have to decide in the moment, you know what, I'm going to put this down and not scroll Instagram anymore. Set something that's automatic. Now why do we talk about all these things? The reason we talk about all these things is technology is a part of our lives and there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, it can be a great benefit. It can help you memorize Scripture. It can help you communicate with people. It can help you do a lot of good things. Technology can. But it can also be a real problem for people. And my purpose of my sermon today has been... To tell you, use it in a godly way, don't misuse it, and don't think it's that magical. Don't think it's that great. You know, if you were in a hospital this morning and they had told you your kidneys were failing and you had just a few days, maybe a few weeks to live, do you think you're really going to be concerned with whether or not you have the latest cell phone? You think you're going to care about that? Do you think you're going to care about whether your favorite TV show is going to leave Netflix? Think you're going to care about any of that? You're not. You're not going to care about any of that at all. You're going to care about being right with God. That's what's going to matter to you at that moment in life. And I believe that's what Paul meant when he said, "Walk circumspectly. Pay attention. Real think about your end." Think about where it's going to go. Technology can be useful and it's great and valuable when used properly. But the angels, the Bible tells us that the angels are amazed at Jesus. They're amazed. They long to look into the plan of salvation and how God, when angels sinned, God cast them and bound them in chains to be reserved to the day of darkness. But when man sinned, God became a man lived the perfect life, was killed by them, and gives them credit for His perfect life so they can become the children of God and be a part of His family. And the Bible says angels look at that and they're amazed. Angels are not amazed at technology. They're amazed at Jesus. You need to be amazed But the fact that the almighty creator of the universe loved you so much that he gave his son to die for you. And that stuff is so much more valuable than any technology Elon Musk or anyone else is going to come up with. It's so much more important. Don't get distracted by the things of this world. But set your mind on things above. Use your technology to help you set your mind on things above and not on things on this earth. I hope you've been encouraged. I hope that uh, you'll make some good decisions, maybe have some good discussions in your family about how you'll use technology. If you have a spiritual need, we certainly want to meet that this morning. If you have something to bring before the church, please do so while we stand and sing.